I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Not so much in Manchester. We're going to start with Manchester United in a minute. But Jules, there's so much going on, including the Derby win. In the only Derby that I said, I said this was Derby weekend. It is Derby <laughs> weekend because this is the center of the universe. This is a scale of, of football of and Inter dominant. We'll be getting to that later. We'll be talking about Arsenal's win over Everton. Everton's new yeah. home in Barcelona. What a performance from them. Yeah. Atletico Madrid. What a stinker. Uh, that, that incredible game on, on Friday between Paris Saint-Germain and Nice. Haha, <laughs> you thought ah. I was going to say Bayern and Bayern Leverkusen. But let's start at Old Trafford. And let's go back to this because yeah. it is significant. Three defeats in five games for Manchester United now, beaten at home by Brighton. And I think the last time it was such a poor start was 1989. Yeah, hey, they right. went on to win the FA Cup that year. Okay. And I think they also nearly sacked Sir Alex Ferguson. But <laughs> he turned, it turned out he had a pretty good career after that. After that, Relatively yeah. Relatively good. I, there's some things I don't understand. I make this point in my column today. All right. Eric Ten Hag has a ton of mitigating circumstances, yeah. right? Including but not limited to the fact that Anthony's been still accused by multiple women and isn't there. Sancho puts himself on on, on, on the naughty spet, uh, step. Mason Greenwood's in Getafe. Yeah. Um, both uh, first-choice left-backs are out. Mason Mount is injured. All these things contribute. Yeah. However, I also see a lot of issues of his own making. Uh, starting with, I'd say... Two things, three things that I noticed in this game. One, Jogo Dalot starting for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I, I, li- I like Dalot a lot. Uh, if I'm facing Kaoru Mitoma, he's not my choice. Um, <clears throat> the diamond in midfield with McTominay, whatever position. If you're building for something, play the formation you're going to play. Don't make up a formation that you likely yeah. have never used before <clears throat> and are unlikely to use again. And finally, I know you don't just play for the crowd, and I know he's young and whatever, but taking off Rasmus Hoyland for the human boo-attracting machine, Mr. Depression and Negativity, Anthony Martial, <laughs> uh, what, what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, uh, for that lot, uh, if we start with your first point, I, I get your point on the one-on-one v- against Mitoma. However, to beat the press from Brighton or try to keep the ball against Brighton, Dalot is much better than Wan-Bissaka. So for me, the Lord, the thinking was there and I, I was a bit surprised to see Dalot starting against, uh, against Brighton, but then I kind, of, I kind of understand. For the diamond, it's pathetic. I don't understand how a coach of this level, really, and whether you like Ten Hag and whether you rate him or not, it's a different debate. But this is, this is the level, he is Manchester United manager. For him to make such a bad mistake in a game like this and, th- and thought before, hey, the Zerbi likes to build up in the centre with this famous you know, little box, the two centre-backs and the two central midfield. So do you know what? Let's crowd this area and they will find no answers and then we have the solution and then we can go and steamroll them. I just, I just don't understand how it can be so bad because obviously very quickly... Brighton found a way, they pushed their fullbacks really high. And even, even the diamond midfield in, for United actually didn't do much and they were pressing terribly anyway. Probably, like you said, Gab, because they've never played like this. Players didn't really fit that formation and that system, like Scott McTominay, who we don't really like and we don't rate, but that was really not helping him to play yeah. him in that position. Tell me about his first half performance. How many touches was it? Yeah, 49 minutes that first half lasted. He got 12 touches of the ball. That is, tw- that is 12 touches in 49 minutes. That's really hard to do. When you seven are. passes. Yeah. He actually did seven passes. I would have done better than him. In um, that first half. And then your third point was... Hoyle, uh, Anthony Martial. Yeah. Enough. I, I don't need to see this guy again. Come on. Right, I but. know he said that, we, we, that they have to build Hoyland's fitness, but come on. Um, I, I think we need to also though mention... And uh, Van Hal talked... Sorry, Van Hal. <laughs> there I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten Hag said actually it was fine margins. Yeah. And... They played really well for the first 20 minutes. The goal that Welbeck scored to put Brighton ahead was against the run of play. Immediately after that, you had the Rashford uh, chance where the ball went out of play, right? Yeah, Um, the Hoyland goal. That's pretty good, right? No? How can he say fine margin? It was the biggest margin that we've seen all weekend in all the leagues that we watched, Gab. How can he say that? But we said after the United, the United defeat the Arsenal. the biggest margin. I mean, Roma beat Empoli 7-0. Yeah, okay. I watched after, after Empoli. Okay. So they were almost as bad as Empoli. 
We said after the, the defeat at Arsenal that he was in denial because he, he called on the VAR and the referee instead yeah. of saying like, look, your performance was not good. Yeah, it's... Um, we're going to get into this more, uh, but also we're going to, we need to praise the Zadby because six changes from the team that beat Newcastle Massive. looking ahead to the Europa League. So this is not Brighton's best 11, quite By clearly. far, no. They care about the Europa League. They care about you know rot, raising the team's profile. And it comes after an international break. They leave a lot of starters out. Yeah, no Estupinan, no Evan Ferguson, no Sully March, no Billy Gilmore. The list goes on. You said six changes. It's maybe the B team. But again, when you've got a template of what you want to do and patterns of play that you repeat and repeat the training with everybody, your starters, your subs, your third team, your, the kids from the academy that come and help the first team, anything, anyone, then it's implemented in your squad as a whole so you can play Adingra on the right, for example, that has a really good game because you understand where he has to be depending on where the ball is. You can play Tarek Lamptey at left back and he will also know what to do and what position to take depending on where the ball is. Had he played left back before? Yeah, I think I remember I've seen him maybe. But, but yeah, again, it's still not his position. But this is the... the, the again, this, the template is so good and so strong that you can even move players out of position and they will still do a good job for you. It was helped by the fact that United were dreadful and we're going to go back to Ten Hag after. But really incredible. And some of the football, the, the most important for me, I think, watching, is that even under massive pressure, I mean, again, okay, maybe not massive pressure, but under pressure, so when United try to press and try to actually run after the ball, chase the ball to get it back, that those Brighton players, and again, we're not talking about you know, Beckenbauer and Maldini and Baresi and then Pierlo in midfield. This was like Von Heck and Dunk and Gross, you know, and Dahoud. Uh, they're, they're really good players. That's England not, International, Louis Dunk. No, of course, but still, they never panic. They were under pressure. The closer United players were coming to them, the better, the more. I mean, Jason Steele in goal. His distribution was incredible. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So not only you teach them what to do and where to be, so there's a positioning game, there's what to do with the ball, but also you say to them, hey, don't panic. They're going to come at you, let them come, and then when they're here, just find a play. And there was always a player free. It was just remarkable, really remarkable. What I find, and, and look, this is, I'd love to keep praise on the Zerbi, but I think this is also the the club's culture, which, which has done this so well, is some of these guys you're talking about are people who have been around the block. I mean, you mentioned Jason Steele's um, distribution there, right? Uh, Jason Steele's been around. Lewis Dunk has yeah. been around, right? Until they come into this kind of Brighton continuum, right, which goes goes before them to, to Graham Potter, maybe maybe even all the way back to, to Chris Hewton, right? Yeah. They don't play like this. They play differently. They, they, they don't necessarily, you know, they, they either play it safe or whatever. They're not encouraged to do certain things. They don't play with the same confidence. People have focused a lot on, on their recruit, recruitment, right? And fair enough, right? Uh, they've done really well there. But being able to take these players and get them, getting them to contribute in this way, that's a coaching thing. That's a club culture thing. And, and that's really what I find remarkable. Yeah, I mean, they. So parents who have their children in in academy, in football academies, like mine or like mine, I used to have. There's a, there's a, even even at that kind of level, so top the, the the best level in in the country for you know youth teams under 11, 12, 10, whatever. The the coach often say every time a kid gets the ball, and even the most talented kid of that Arsenal youth team or Chelsea or City or whatever. They just say, relax, just relax, relax. Because often at that young age, you re- get the ball and then you get, you get a bit excited. You don't want to make a mistake. The, there's the other team that are going to try to come at you. And they just teach them at a very young age, like, hey, relax. You're very good with the ball. So something is going to happen. You're going to do a dribble. You're going to find a pass to anything. Just relax. Don't get like hypo or too excited. And I looked at Brighton. And for me, it's almost if the Zerbi every time... Each of those Brighton players were touching the ball. He was shouting, relax, relax, easy, take it cool. Just look around yourself and make the right decision. And they do it all the time. And yes, sometimes 
Of course, Holland could have scored by a few millimeters. The ball doesn't come out of play, right. and Rashford. And you can go to that move, and there's a few mistakes made by Brighton. Of course, they're going to make mistakes. Otherwise, they would be like City. They will win the treble, but they're not. So, of course, they're not perfect. But still, what they do with the ball and very often without the ball is really, really fantastic. I mean, I think that's been that's been part of this continuum. That's why it's worked, and we saw it. We saw it with Graham Potter even before he arrived at Brighton. We saw it with Zerbi. Okay, I didn't watch that much Shakhtar, to be honest, but I certainly saw it at Sassuolo, where he takes players who, I don't want to say are ordinary players, but they're, they're decent, you know, bottom half of the top flight type players, yeah. and they try difficult things, and they pull it off, and they do difficult things on the pitch. Maybe, maybe it's the mindset, maybe it's the environment, yeah. maybe it's the patterns all of, of play. Yeah, where all of that. It's a lot easier for me to pass the ball if I know, if I already know that you're making the run. Exactly. It becomes almost automatic, right? I gain that split second of time, which allows an average player to make the pass that really only a good player could make if, if it's rushed, right? Yeah. Um, all these things come together, uh, and, and it is pretty remarkable. Yeah. That said, I go back to this. I think they did have a little bit of, of good fortune because if the Harlan goal score goes in, it's different. Because Welbeck... Not that he was lucky, but that was against the run of play, the, the goal that, that, that gave him the lead. And because I thought Ten Hag got a lot of things wrong yeah, here. completely. I want to mention one mitigating factor that I don't accept, but I heard people talk about this because it's fun to go and you know crucify the Glazers. This idea that the instability, the club, the owner, blah, 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 is affecting the players on the pitch... I don't believe that for one second. Definitely I don't believe not. it for one second. Definitely not. Maybe for one second involving Ten Hag. Ten Hag's been dealing with this for six months. Ten Hag knows perfectly well that even if there is a sale, it's not like it's going to happen overnight and then the new guy's going to come in and sack Eric Ten Hag. He knows there's no transfer window until January. Yeah. So this idea that, oh, let's use this to explain. That because, you know, you could also, because then you'd have to explain how they managed to finish third last season as well. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think he made some choices today, which, or, or on, on Saturday, that I don't understand. We've run through them. The McTominay thing, for me, the logical thing would have simply been keep the same formation. Keep the formation that, that, that you've, you've been trying to build. Rashford wide left, proper wide left. And yep. on the right, okay, fine. So there's no Anthony. And Diallo's injured or whatever. But yep. play another guy who can pretend that he's Anthony, who can make good Anthony, obviously. So you keep your shape, so you don't screw up yeah. everything else, or people are accustomed. And, and that's what I don't understand. Now, I mean, I looked at it. Pelistri is a right, right-sided player, maybe more def- obviously more defensive than, than, than Anthony. But surely somebody like that is a better option than McTominay. Yeah. And then I wonder, McTominay, and maybe this is me being a little bit conspiracy theorist, has been got, getting a ton of good buzz, right, uh, during over the international break. Scored that goal against Spain, some good performances. Did, are people all of a sudden thinking like, oh, look. No, he, was never play, he never played for United before, before Saturday. He was, he was a part-time player for them. Yeah, he was playing well for Scotland every international break. I mean, we have one in September and then the ones at the end of last season. But for United, no. So suddenly, this is why I don't understand that Ten Hag going like, okay, let's change everything. Let's go for that diamond midfield. Nobody, we've never played like that. It doesn't matter. I'm sure Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno can play like that. Okay, but who do we play on the right-hand side, coach? Let me think. Who do I have here? Hey, Scott McTominay, he can run, can he? I mean, come on, what, what level is this? Why are we talking here? This is Manchester United. And okay, against Luton Town, maybe you can get away with it. Against Brighton, you get fined out. And, and this is exactly what Ten Hag got. He got fined out again on Saturday. And I'm sorry, what really annoys me now, Gab, it like, it's never his fault. He was always finding excuses. Oh, he's VAR. Oh, he's the referee. Oh, it's thin margin, you know, for a few millimetres, the ball is on. I guarantee, even if Hoyland scores and it's 1-1, Brighton still win that game because they were miles better than United overall anyway. So it's never his fault. It's never him. It's never me. Never look at himself, the decisions that he made, who he picked, the formation, the system, the tactics. It's never him. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, channel my inner Christopher Hitchens here and be a little contrarian. Mm-hmm. You say it's never him. This is what he says in public. 
Now, do you not know that in private he goes home and he says, oh, I screwed this up, I screwed that up, let me go beat my bald head uh, against the wall. But in public, I have to say fine margins, I have to say it's positive to find other excuses because I want to <clears throat> I I keep the positivity or I don't want to get the players down, I don't want to undermine my position, I don't want the players to think less of themselves. There are some managers who do that, as you know. Yeah, right? maybe, but you also talk to the United fans. Right, but United fans aren't at Carrington train, working with the players. No, no, I know, but the players know that he got it wrong. So who is he's right? He doesn't need to. The players themselves, before the game, would have listened to him thinking like, mm, really? Really? We're going to go like this against them? So, so, so by not being honest and by not saying like, I'm sorry, I got it wrong, it can happen. Pep says it sometimes. Arteta says it sometimes. Klopp says it. I mean, Klopp says that first half against Wolves was WTF. We're going to talk about that after. He, that clearly was not the right setup. He changed at half time. Much better. They won the game. So you can say like, you know, sorry, I got it wrong. I mean, we can all see what he tried to do and what he did. And we can all tell him, all you right. got it wrong. So why doesn't he admit it? Did he maybe do it? Again, I, I, I'm trying to be no, no, no. a I, public I like defender of Eric Yeah. And I like Ten Hag, by Could the way. He, could it have been that maybe if he says, well, I got it wrong. Okay, well, what did he change? Because let's face it, some of our colleagues in the punditocracy just look at the lineup. Oh, well, what did he get wrong? What did he change? Oh, he played McTominay. Oh, is he saying that McTominay's rubbish and he got it wrong because he played McTominay? And then that undermines McTominay? Could it be that maybe this is what goes on in that man's mind? I, I don't okay. know. I'll give you another one, Mr. David Lazvoke, right? So, Barton are 3-0 up after 71 minutes, I right? Oh, you're going with Hannibal... <laughs> Hannibal Mejou, by the way, Paris born and bred. I love the kids. Right. Scores in the 73rd minute. Okay, so 73rd, you just scored. Hannibal has just been like with his arms, like if, <laughs> if there was nil-nil and he just scored the, 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 the opening goal. So there's some sort of, even a tiny Spark. mini, yeah. How long would you wait to bring one or two attacking players after that? I, yes, I know you're going okay. with this. He <laughs> waited 12 minutes between the 73rd and the 85th minute to bring on Pellestri and Garnacho at the same time. Why are you waiting so long? Why? They went to the toilet? They had, they had to go for a wee? So, they went to the loo? Why would you wait 12 minutes? And this is where you struggle, right? So I would assume the answer is Garnacho is tired because he was in La Paz with Argentina. Yeah, right? like you said, Lisandro Martinez was there as well. Yeah, and in fact, I don't think Garnacho, Garnacho didn't start, did he? No, I think he so, came on in the 85th minute. Okay, again but still, he's breathing like the air and stuff, so that makes you tired, maybe. But yeah, but Lisandro starts. Casemiro was also in South America. He yeah. starts, right? Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't understand the five-minute thing, unless he's got some fiendish plan. He's keeping them uh, ready for the, uh, for the Champions League, which, by the way, Bayern Munich. <laughs> you end up on the end of a hiding, and given the way this Munich side is playing, I don't know that that's going to happen. Um... Things can get very ugly very, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a tough one. I, how do they get out of it? And I'll, I'll give you my plan for how you get out of it, right? I think there is... I know Brighton have started well. I know Newcastle are better. Liverpool are better, at least points-wise anyway. But I think you have to remember the big picture. You're here for a plan. You're here to get this team to play a certain way, mm -hmm. which is what got you the job, which is not the way you've been playing. You showed you can get the results, you can get the team to third place. Now, focus on growth. Even if it means sacrifice, even if you think, oh, in this game against Brighton, let me change my whole game plan at home to try to mess up Brighton as if you were playing Dia Stefano's Real Madrid, right? Which you're not. Yeah. Stick with the plan. So, you, 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 you want to play this system with, with the wingers, whatever. Um, Anthony's not there, Sancho's not there. Fine. Play Garnacho, play Pedlisti, play somebody yeah, yeah, who plays yeah, yeah. that position. Keep the system intact, right? You don't have to shoehorn Ericsson into the lineup if Ericsson's not going to be part of your future. Frank, I'm not having a go at no, him. No, no, He's no. not a bad player, right? No, no, yeah. I know you need to keep the results ticking over. You finish top four. Uh, but you know what? The reality is, of course, you've got money to spend. You can keep strengthening the squad. The, the fact of the matter is it would be great to finish top four. It's more important right now that United grow so that maybe next yeah. year they'll be competitive but competitive for the title, competitive back at the level United need to be. I, I don't like him making, when he makes these decisions, whether it's being defensive and playing on the counter, which we see sometimes, or, 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 or scrapping his playbook. Hey, dude, this is not what they hired you for. No, I know. I know. And you know what? On Saturday, and I know Rashford got a bit of criticism because 
I, he, I think he shot, shot so many times and there was... But the, it looked like the plan was give the ball to Marcus and then let's see. And I'm sorry, this is just not... Again, this is not good enough. And, and Rashford maybe went too solo in this game. But again, I don't think there was, there was much options around him, full stop, in terms of movement even. Because also, the problem with your diamond midfield is that Holland and Rashford were the two up front, really. Right. And then after that, okay, McTominay can run, but playing in that position, I mean, I didn't really enjoy that for him. It was not going to give you much. Your full backs, I mean, one was Reguilon, okay, he didn't do too badly, I guess. But Dalot, the other one, hardly went forwards. It's just because he's freaking out over Mitoma. Yeah. That's why. But, 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 so, but, but so Dalot, you're, you're there because you're an attacking fullback. If you're going to do that, then... But, but, but why go and ask him to do these things that they don't naturally do? They, I, know. <clears throat> I know. This is the part I don't understand. And you made a great point about the soloists. Obviously, they have another soloist in the team is Bruno Fernandes, right? And it's great when they go and carry you and you need to, to cater to your individuals who can go off script. But when your game plan is basically those two guys inventing something yeah, out of nothing exactly. or a set piece, yeah. that's when you're in trouble, especially at home, especially against a team like Ryan. Yeah, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough United. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. One place to start, Il Derby della Madonnina, ah. Inter against Milan in the capital of world football, at least last season. Yeah. Uh, this was an absolute one-way shellacking. Inter beat uh, Milan 5-1. You must be very happy for your boy, Marcus Turan. Oh, Marcus, Marcus. You know we loved you already, even before... Saturday's game, but what a goal that was. Incredible. I mean, Malik Cho is still probably uh, recovering from the battering that you gave him. It was just fab. I mean, uh, what I love the most, I think, is Inter with 2-0 up at half-time, having completed 99 passes in that first half. They were so effective, so direct, so good. Every time they got the ball, bam. So this is the thing, right? Inter, Simone Inzaghi is the kind of manager who will go and he will change formations. We've seen Inter win games with 70% possession, passing the ball yeah. around opponents, and we've seen Inter uh, win games by playing on the counter. Uh, he can do that. Uh, that's one way of playing. He yeah. is, he's a pragmatist, yeah. and yeah. there aren't that many in this game who can do both approaches very, very, very well. But Stefano Pioli... Five, five consecutive derby defeats against in Inter. competition. Yeah, I this has got to. I, th- I think this this really really hurts him. Yeah, um, I put it down to Inter being really good, to being Tomori not being to Tomori not being there. Yeah, I, I think he's got issues in midfield. Yeah, I, I think he's got issues in midfield. I've he's told you how I feel about Kroonich. the best Benacer. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think when you consider after five minutes in a game like this. Uh, whatever you game plan one, we've said that many times, and I know it sounds a bit like a cliche, but it's true though. <coughs> but but then again, it looked like the only way they had was give the ball to Leao and see what happened. And to be fair, he scored. But even after that, after they reduced the scoring and went two-one in the second half, it, they never really looked like they were good enough to beat to beat that into team that must have so much belief. And and again, you know. But I don't think Milan changed them. I think there's three different, three new players compared to last season in Loftus-Cheek, 
Pulisic and Rinders. And Rinders, exactly. But in, in, you know, Inter has still had they had two they had two arms starting and they had uh, obviously Sommer in goal. Yeah. So two new players against three yeah. that makes a difference. But yeah, I was I was really impressed. Arsenal win away to Everton one 0 but gap the stories Mikel Arteta dropping Aaron Ramsdale for David Raya in goal. He says it's no different than playing Eddie and Ketia ahead of Gabriel Jesus. I think I know what you're gonna say. Yes. Listen. Okay, Mikel. You can. I, I love the fact that you're doing so. You define con- 100 years of conventional wisdom, and that's fine. Sometimes it takes bravery to do things yeah. differently, right? And maybe you'll be proven right. But don't pretend that it's no different because it is different. It's completely different. Don't pretend like he came out and he said, "Oh, look, uh, you know, you can. You might want to make the change during game for tactical reasons." The reason goalkeepers don't get substituted, um, and generally we start same reason center backs often do, right? You don't change them because they're not going to have, they're unlikely to get injured, they're unlikely to get tired, they're not going to have a different tactical impact because most of the time they, they sit there in the six-yard box <laughs> and don't do anything. Uh, so no, don't pretend like this doesn't have a massive impact. If you're doing this, you have to be 100% certain that Aaron Ramsdale's going to take this in the right way, that David Raya is going to take it in the right way, and that it's not going to boomerang against you. If you do, then I tip my hat to you, you were brave, and you paid the dividends. Mm-hmm. Real Madrid beat Real Sociedad to stay top of La Liga. Jules, quiet day for Jude Bellingham. But I thought the rest of the side looked really, really good yeah. against a very good team. Against a very good team. They were they went a goal down for the third time this season, by the way. So this habit of conceding the first goal, even if then you go and win, of course. I'm sure Carlo would, would rather them score first. Uh, but La Real looked good, you're right. Kubo especially was fantastic in that first half. But then uh, after that... You like Kubo and Tony uh, Kroos, huh? Oh, the nutmeg from Kubo and Tony Kroos is something else. But the Valverde score, the Valverde goal so early in the second half, I think, also changed the dynamic. But yeah, you're right. Jude, quiet, although he had a header late that he could have scored. It was a good Ramiro save. But yeah, in the end, I just, I just like the way they play. Yeah, he also, Jude also had the one where like Rodrigo does that stupid overhead kick yeah. and Bellingham sitting right there and could have finished, should have finished. Yeah, yeah. Um, but shout out to Joselo, by the way. Yeah, yeah, nice header. And, you know, for all the criticism that he got, yeah. saying like, he's not good enough with this and that. He's scoring goals. Tottenham are second in the Premier League table, but they sweat until the very end against Sheffield United, Gabby. How about Richarlison? How about that? He's in tears in midweek. We're Brazil. He says, I need a psychologist. He comes back. He's on the bench. They're yeah. playing Hongmin Son up front. And he comes on and... We see the best of Richarlison, the intensity, the, the, the aerial ability, a goal and an assist, yeah. <clears throat> minute 98 and minute 100. But guess what? we got to get used to it because this is football. Um, I thought Spurs deserved it. Um, and, and I thought Richarlison gave him that, that cutting edge. If this helps him as much as a psychologist would, I don't know. But good for him. Mm. And good for, of course, our man, Ange. Barcelona demolished Betis 5-0. Jean-Felix steals the show. Oh. Jules, were we both wrong what? about him? No, no, you were you were more wrong. You were wronger than me. Well, uh, can, can I say wronger? Oh, yeah, because you were saying, oh, Jean-Felix is a great signing. Yeah, let's no, don't no, 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 I'm just saying he's got talent. He can fit, if he can fit in this team, and I wanted to see where, and clearly that left half space is where he's going to be, so not completely wide as a winger, not completely as a second forward next to Lewandowski, but in between, that was well. I think Betis were really naive to start with. But however, this was a great performance, like, like maybe we didn't expect. Is it maybe the Barcelona's best performance under Xavi? Um, what I find really interesting here is you can fit Joe Felix, and if they play like this, it all works, right? It also yeah. worked today because there was no Gundogan, there was no Pedri. Uh, you now have a group of front men who... I don't want to say are all on the same level because Lewandowski's will always play. But other than that, you have a bunch of players. Now you have to figure out, are you going to rotate? Are you going to make difficult decisions? It takes a lot of charisma to do yeah, that. Yeah. It takes, you have to know what you're doing. It's another challenge for Xavi. If he plays like this, sure. You don't know that he's going to play like that. Uh, that's my main that's my main issue here. No, for the consistency would be the key here. But the dummy on the Lewandowski goal is beautiful. And by the way, can we give a shout out to Jacques Cancelo as well? Yeah. To oh, all man. the Jacques Cancelo haters out there. Come on, man. No, but hey, listen, he's, what he did on uh, the weekend with the ball going forward is what he's very capable of. This, the, the issue was never what to do with the ball in attacking phases. 
it's it's always been defend defensively. That's all. And I think at some point he will he will be he will struggle a bit more than what Betis had to offer, especially on his side. Betis were dire. Yeah, they were. Jurgen Klopp described Liverpool's first half, as we mentioned earlier, away to Wolves. WTF, Gab? What did he do to change it en route to a 3-1 win for Liverpool? Well, I think the first main thing, and like mitigating factors, no, no Virgil van Dijk, no Trent Alexander-Arnold. He started Kwanzaa, first ever Premier League top, uh, yeah. uh, start. Um, he played Alexis McAllister in front of the back four after Alexis McAllister played at altitude in Bolivia. Alexis was terrible. Terrible. Uh, and he took him off at halftime. He changed the system. Yeah. They went effectively 4-2-4. Um, he put on Luis Diaz and so on. And, and they got away with it. Mohamed Salah, by the way, three assists in this one. Uh, Only two because they, they, they gave the third goal to Bueno's own goal. So oh, That's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. No, no. Mo, still three assists for me. Okay? <laughs> um, and don't listen to those guys. Uh, but, you know, the... I mean, Mateus Cunha had, I think, uh, off the Neto cross, one of the ugliest, most uncoordinated finishes Terrible. that you're ever going to see in the history of the world. They could have been 2-0 no down. 2-0 no down, I don't think Liverpool are getting back no, into I this. I think Klopp got away with it there, and, and I think he knows it, and I think he recognizes yeah. it. Yeah. Manchester City come from behind to beat West Ham. Jules, uh, was this as close as it appeared at one point? No, I mean, not, not really, Gab, I don't think so. Yeah, they were caught, and Wolfros scored a really good goal, and they were one goal down. But they had chances before that after Erling Haaland, again, by the way, like against Sheffield United. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of chances missed this season so far already from him, who has been so clinical and he still has scored seven goals. He should He's, be on 10 or 12 goals at this yeah, stage. Yeah, easily, easily. Uh, so, so in the end, maybe it looked a little bit like uh, tense. I don't think it was. But the Jeremy Doku goal straight at the start of the second half was beautiful on his own. And I think that helped them massively. But I... Still think they would have won that game. Dusan Vlaovic bags two goals at Juventus beat Lazio 3-1. Gab, all of a sudden, the mood around Coach Max is changing. Yes, all of a sudden, who would have thought? Like certain basic things, like playing Federico Chiesa yeah. and Vlaovic together. Uh, Chiesa also looking sharp. Really Weston well. McKenney, right wing back. You no, know, no, they say no. necessity is the mother of invention. Maybe this is the way to get Max to play. Just give him less tools, give him Maybe. less resources, and then he's like, oh, look, I'll work with what I have, and I'll actually be, be good. No, they... They, they were, were really, really, really impressive. Yeah. Five points from five games for injury-riddled Chelsea after the draw at Bournemouth. Jules, Mauricio Pochettino says he's not worried despite the relegation clip. Should he be? So, I'll start, okay? Don't interrupt me, mm. and then I'll let you go, okay? Because I know, I know you, there's something you want to get out of your chest. Uh, I think he should be worried. I'm worried now. You know I've been his advocate for a long time. Mm. And I was saying, like, he's going to get it right. It would take a bit of time, but he's going to get it right. Now I watched that game. And yet, they had chances, of course. So did Bournemouth, to be fair. He could have finished too, too easily. Maybe Chelsea could have won. Maybe Bournemouth another day win. doesn't matter so much. But there was too, much, too many times in that game where there was nothing from Chelsea and he was just not good enough with the ball. And there's a lot of decisions that he took, Pochettino, that were just not good enough. Now you go. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Hey, like, I, I will stick. I, like, I, let's move on because there's 10, 10 players out, whatever. However, you need to explain to me. You've got two left backs, two real left backs who, you know, are supposedly really. Ian Matson, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, ben Chilwell's an England international. Uh, why do you play Levi Colwell, a left back? If you're going to do that, maybe you go 3 5 2. Right and play Colwell. Uh, uh, Colwell's really good. Yeah, but Colwell at left back when you've got those two other good guys makes zero zero sense to me. Little things like that, I I, uh, I think need some explaining. Also, I don't want to see Enzo at number ten ever again. Play Enzo where Enzo should be playing, and he wasn't happy when he came. That's off the, the second pace. game in a row after Forest as well. They played him there. Massive win for Borussia Dortmund as they beat Freiburg four two. And Mats Hummel scores two goals. Gab is now scored in sixteen consecutive Bundesliga season, matching the record held by Olaf Ton. Wonderful, wonderful yeah. uh, shout out to the legend that of is Olaf Ton. This was a weird game, by the way. I'm very happy for Hummels. I know we've been really, really critical yeah. of him, but you know what? A, not only very handsome. Uh, he was a tremendous offender in his time. And, and you're happy when he's... Yeah, yeah, good on the ball, everything. I don't think Dortmund were that bad. They took the lead. They, could, they, they, they did a Dortmundy thing, which is let's concede two goals in first half injury on time. On set pieces again. On set pieces again, yeah. One of them unlucky, the other one not so much. Yeah. Um, 
But then they get back into it. Then they have the wherewithal, the fight to go and turn it around. I think this is a big win. Is it a turning point? I'm not so sure. This is way back on Friday, but Jules, I can't ignore no, this. You can. no, you can. As of right now, Paris Saint-Germain are out of the Champions League places following their 3-2 defeat at home to Nice, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's niece. Exactly. And the Terra Moffi show. Ah, it was amazing. But when you play against Milan Skriniar... Uh, yes, you know, it's, it's help, helpful to play against him because he was terrible on Friday. He could hardly move. I don't know, he looked like he'd just eaten too much and could hardly move and Murphy just destroyed him. Well done to Nice. We talk about Farioli, the, the manager, uh, later in the, in the quick hits. But yeah, that was great. We were disappointing even with Kylian Mbappé scoring two goals. We had chances. We could have won that game. Dembele, Gonzalo Ramos. But yeah. there was just not enough from PSG. Hey, Lucho, yeah, it's it's on you. This is this, this is I why mean, you're getting managed. Yeah. This is why you're there. Exactly. Roma destroy Empoli seven 0 on Sunday as Paolo Dybala scores two goals and the second one a beauty. And Romelu Lukaku also that's his first goal for Roma. Gab, who said Jose Mourinho was a defensive coach? Uh, you did. <laughs> Look, it's not often that Roma scores, but it's not so much that. It's you know you score early. Empoli. Bottom I, of the table, Empoli. They're bottom of the table. They've had a difficult start to the season. They made some choices that they're going to be really, really criticized for, leaving out Baldanzi yeah. and, 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 and Caputo in this game. But Roma were good. And, and Roma were good also with some big pieces out, right? Smalling is out. Pellegrini is out. I don't know, but they scored after like one minute for that stupid handball. Yeah. So obviously that helps. And then it keeps going downhill. But come on, the little Dybala shimmy. Oh, I love Lukaku that. working. The Cristante rocket. Yeah, absolutely yeah. leathered it. Look, when all the pieces are there, when everybody's fit, um, when they don't go, when they don't concede early, so then all of a sudden Mourinho freaks out because he can't play reactive football, Roma are really, really yeah. good and a threat because they have really good players and they have a very savvy manager like Jose Mourinho. Also, way, way back on Friday, top of the table clash between Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen. Jules finished 2-2. Who looked better? So first of all, I thought that was an amazing game. And I have to say, I thought Bayer Leverkusen were fantastic. And yeah, they could also have lost the game because Bayern had high expected goals, for example. They, they had chances. There's that incredible... Uh, save from Radetzky on Kane in that second half from close range, uh, like 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 ice hockey save almost. But I thought Leverkusen, the way they moved the ball at times, the way they play, and yet again, they were not perfect. There was a lot of missed passes. Vert, for example, I thought was a little bit sloppy the at times. The Goretzka time. goal as well, they totally... Yeah, they, they switched off completely defensively. However, there was still enough for me from Wasso from Bayern to be really excited about them. And you would expect just to get better and, and better through the season. I think this is one of those games where I thought Bayer Leverkusen played well. If you were to, uh, you know, for gymnastics and you give it on points, you give it to Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. But when you give it on chances and stuff that's kind of there fortuitous or wasn't supposed to happen, between the Hrodetsky save, between the Grimaldo free kick, which I know he's good at free kicks, yeah, but equally, but still, yeah, like yeah. you don't pull that out. You know, it's difficult from that position. Um, Bayern, I thought, had the better... Uh, yeah, that's why probably the draw is fair. Because Boniface, the- Boniface could have scored two as well. Exactly. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the... Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Atletico Madrid gets spanked at Valencia 3-0 and Diego, and Diego Pablo Simeone says it's probably the worst Atleti performance 
in the 11 years he's been on the bench. Gab, was he right? Is he right? Yeah, I mean, look, you get your backside handed oh to you by, but by, 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 by Hugo Duro, right? I can't go there. I've offended somebody when I suggested he could be an adult actor. Uh, on, on a team that's basically just kids within, with, 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 with a fan base that's always unhappy, with an owner who they, they like about as much as they like syphilis. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And you come up with such a limp performance. Antoine Griezmann is horrendous. The Damn. few times he saw the ball... Um, I thought they were. I I I, I thought they were shaking. Yeah. I thought they were lacking in intensity. Really, really naive. Um, hey, the Cholo called. It happens now and again, you know. Newcastle returned to winning ways, beating Brentford one nil. Jules, how do they look ahead of the Champions League return? I didn't think they looked that great, Gab. I won't lie. Um, I thought it was a very laboured performance. They scored on a penalty by Callum Wilson after a stupid, really stupid foul from Flecken, who we'd seen in Germany. <laughs> having a few like um, issues like that before but that was really completely pointless so they got that goal and the most important I guess from an Indian Howe point of view after the, the tough start of the season was just to win regardless of how so they did and now Milan awaits who got as we said battered by Inter so that should be good uh, speaking of Flecken is there somebody in like Brentford's recruitment who's got a weird fetish for like let's say um unconventional or incomplete German players. <laughs> well, I'm thinking between Flecken, Janelt, and Schade. you got three people who are good at doing something. several things, but really <laughs> atrocious at doing other things. And look, it still works for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah hats uh, off. And look, you know what? Maybe, maybe again, it's Brentford thing outside the box. Maybe we overrate people who are all-rounders and have minimum standards at everything. Yeah. Um, and and maybe. maybe they say, hey, you're a specialist at one thing. Hey, we'll take you. Yeah. We see value right. in you. Napoli have to come from behind to snatch a draw away to newly promoted Genoa. 2-2, Gab. Are the wheels coming up for my guy, Rudy Garcia, already? Uh, between the defeat to Lazio and everything last week, now people, are, you know, there's, there's much uh, uh, gnashing of, uh, of teeth and pulling of yeah, hair, as they I say mean. biblically. But come on, it's... It, it happens. They got back into the game. You, you can focus on those positives. They got back into it. Kvartskalia not happy. It's suspended. Is there new contract issues? Like, dude, by the way, the Kvartskalia issue, and it should be a warning to Chelsea and Todd Bowley and Chelsea fans, right? The guy signs a massive long-term contract, yeah. outperforms his contract. Yeah, he's only on like, like £12 a week or something. <laughs> it's not. It's about, it's about £1.4 uh, million net, which you know works out to about. And if, you, if you think in terms of pounds a week, it's about 55 60 grand a week. But he says, I deserve more. You probably do deserve more. Yeah. But then the club can say, <laughs> look, we got you. You signed on to this super long contract, right? So it's... And not ideal, but yeah. see how they get out of it. Three goals in the opening half hour in Leipzig thump Augsburg three nils. Your boy Xavi Simons is lighting it up. Oh, he's he's Jude Bellingham. He's scored it almost Crazy. every game. Feels incredible. Like. And there was momentum from his really good last season at PSV, of course, when PSG called him back and then loaned him without an option to buy, of course, to Leipzig. But still, for him to start like that. Uh, Can I make fun incredible. of Paris Saint-Germain again? Why do you let this guy go and you bring in Randall freaking Colomwani? No, same position. Whatever, you have Gonzalo Ramos to play center forward. I know, that's different. Right? But I would have kept I would have kept Chavi. He wanted to, I think he... He didn't want to go to Paris Saint-Germain. No, 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 no. He wanted, I think he would have been happy to stay in Paris. But I, I also think that he saw this opportunity as a really good one to go to Leipzig, to play a lot. Because again, you know, in Paris, you just don't know. I think Luis Enrique likes him, but he's going to come back next season and smash Marco Asensio, come on, man. It's not the same come position. On. You can't play Xavi Simmons in the center. You, you, you can. You couldn't put Marco Asensio in the center until you put him in the center. Right, he's you got two goals want. in two games. I, so, whatever. You know, I, I, Mason Greenwood makes his debut for Getafe, who beat Osasuna 3-2. Gab, what was the crowd reaction like? I would say it was predictable. If you're a Getafe fan... Uh, he certainly, you know, they applauded when he came on. He's their player now. He's their issue. I, I think they do know what happened. Yeah. Not helped by the fact, by the way, that Sasuna fans, oh Sasuna fans, singing. <laughs> I mean, well, they, 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 people in English media made a big deal. Like, oh, look, they're all singing Greenwood Muerte, which means die Greenwood. Yeah, they sing that about most opposing yeah, players yeah, who yeah. they don't like, regardless of whether uh, they have the past that Mason Greenwood does. True. A couple things worth remembering here. Uh, one is Etafe said that uh, Mason Greenwood was, um, was, was basically found innocent, which not true, or no. found not guilty. Not true. It's important to note that. 
Secondly, Bordalas, and he had to apologize for this. I don't know where, I don't know what goes into that man's head because I don't understand him. But he said, oh yeah, Mason Greenwood, he had a lot of talks with Jude Bellingham who persuaded him to come over. I don't know how Mason Greenwood, I mean, maybe he knows Bellingham maybe from, from England duty. Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. But uh, Bellingham's people, I, I would assume it's their people or Real Madrid, said, no, issue correction. Bellingham has not spoken to Greenwood about yeah. this. And Borla's, oh yeah, no, no, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. You know, Greenwood, whatever. So weird. Because he's, he's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Bordalas, sorry. Uh, Sevilla win their first game of the season against Las Palmas 1-0 after three straight defeats. Uh, Sergio Ramos makes his yeah. debut. Dude, this is where the turnaround begins, right? Uh, well, I don't know yet. I mean, he made that lovely block where he threw his body himself with his number four and kind of a mullet haircut and, and blocked the ball, to be fair. It was, a, it was not a very good game. Sevilla were not very good. They won. Uh, Luque Bacchio scored his first goal on his debut coming off the bench. Good, I think, again, all they wanted, all that Mendilibar cared about was to win this game. Las Palmas, by the way, who flew over to Sevilla, as you know, on a, on a normal flight, except that 15 of their players from the squad decided to go for a late coffee just before boarding, then got the wrong direction in the, in the airport, missed the flight. So the club had to charter another flight just for those 15 players to finally get to Sevilla, otherwise they missed the flight. How can you miss a flight well, when you're not, like a grown-up? Also, frankly, going sorry, to a sorry, game. Sorry, with all due respect, right? Fifteen of them missed it. Others were there, and presumably the coaching staff is there on the flight. What, if you look around, no mobile phones to say that, hey, where's Pedro, Javier, yeah, and Paul? Exactly. Like, come on. I don't get. I don't get that. Right. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Juventus lawyers. I kept busy. Uh, Leon Bonucci. He's not the only uh, former captain suing them, Gab, because now Cristiano Ronaldo is also taking legal action. Yeah, different reasons, of course. Leo Bonucci thought he was unfairly pushed out of the club, and he says he's going to give his money to charity if he wins. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, this has to do with the fact that, if you recall, during the pandemic, um, a bunch of clubs and players took, uh, took pay cuts. What Juventus did was they, and there is a criminal trial because this is false accounting, um, they negotiated with players and they said, hey, you guys take this much of a pay cut, COVID, blah, 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 help the club, uh, and then you take another you need an even bigger pay cut. But don't worry, we're going to put these very easy-to-win bonuses in your contract next year, so you'll get all the money back. Um, and they didn't report this to the stock market. So right. that's yeah, why. Yeah. So Cristiano Ronaldo, who I, he must I, he, he took a pay cut worth 19.9 million euros. Okay. A lot of money. Not right? a lot of money. Obviously, then he leaves the club, could go to Manchester United. So he never got to got his money back via kind Those of the, bonuses, the easy yeah. bonus. Um, so he comes knocking and says, hey, guys, what about my money here? And, you know, you would say, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't play in the bonus. And besides, this deal was illegal, so we can't pay you. So he's taking really? it to court. Really? They're saying that to him? I mean, if the deal's illegal, I mean, I think eventually they're going to, they'll reach a settlement. But, you know, uh, I can see this, why he'd... I know, that's money that they owe him, right? Regardless of well, like, what, if the contract was legal, illegal, if he left the club or not, this is some money that they should have I think paid in terms of these, they haven't. In terms of the spirit of the law, you are 100% certain. Okay. You're 100% correct. No question. No question. Unfortunately, as you know, yeah. and hence my views towards lawyers, yes, the law can sometimes do. doesn't follow I the spirit do. of the law. Jules, I was so excited to see World Cup winner Fabio Grosso make his debut for Lyon. Oh, no. Instead, he was in the stands as they drew nil-nil with Le Havre. Yeah. Why? Why isn't he on the pitch? I mean, I'm surprised he didn't leave before the end, to be fair. It was that bad. Although, to be fair, they, they improved a little bit in the second half. Like I said, Shirky No, no, but why wasn't he coaching? Because I think he only arrived on Saturday, maybe. Oh, I understand. There's an international break, right? Yeah. So That was really late in the international break. Well, that he signed on? Yeah. Because it took them forever to find a successor or because... Because he was not first choice to start with, so they, they spoke fine. to other people before. That's fine. But then he comes in, what, he doesn't even want to sit on the bench? He, I, mean, I don't know. You know what? This is not... We, often we see this. A player, um, manager has been appointed and yet the first game, if it's a couple of days later, he's in the stands. Yeah, but it's not like bench. he was appointed on, on Friday. He was appointed early, early last week, no? Uh, right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Right. But still, yeah, still. Anyway, right. his next game, next weekend. Uh, what he saw, not much. Okay. Really, well, good luck to him. 
Did just, really good luck to him. John Texter going to be happy because they got a point and they're not in the relegation zone anymore? Uh, I guess it's like a tiny, tiny step forward. Let's put it that oh, way. There you go. Take what you can get. Yeah. More Juve, Gab. What's going on with Paul Pogba after his failed doping test? So basically nothing because obviously when they when they take um, your, your your blood sample to get tested, they always take two samples, an A test and a, and a B test. Um just in case the A test is tampered with or, or messed up or whatever. So if the A test um, is negative, then they just, I suppose, flush the B sample down the toilet. Yeah. If it's positive, then they test the B sample. For stupid reasons, which I don't fully understand, which have no, some scheduling either. conflicts, they were supposed to test the B sample on September 20th. Uh, now they're going to test it on October 5th. Basically, his camp and Juve said, well, we're not going to do anything until the B sample is tested. Now, in 99.99999% of cases, the B sample matches the A sample. Um, They're going to do that on October 5th, so then they're not going to do anything. It would make seem seem logical to me um, that they take the stance, because if the B sample is negative, for whatever reason, whatever you think might have happened, then... He can come back, and he's not facing prosecution. Yeah, on Friday in Paris, he was uh, obviously at the tribunal for in court for the extortion case. Yeah, yes. a confrontation uh, with the guys who kidnapped him. Hey, nice. And demanded 11 million of him, as you do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Luis Rubiales is gone, but Spain's World Cup winning women's team are still unhappy, Jules. Yeah, still unhappy. They want more changes than just Jorge Vilda and Luis Rubiales. Uh, they want structural changes to you know, women's football in general in Spain and things like that. And we said, remember when Montetome was appointed instead of Vilda, so she was his assistant, that maybe... A, like a clean start with someone who nothing to do before with this setup and everything was a better idea. I I guess that maybe has something to do with that too. And and I mean they will the Nations League the Women's Nations League starts obviously now. Um, so we will see how Spain do. But this is again not not good. And I, I can see their point to be fair. I, I think some of the things even just from the outside. One thing that without knowing the ins and outs yeah. of how much they can demand. Um, it seems obvious to me is they want changes in the communications department. The people who put out that statement, 100%, uh, which basically Jenny and Mosul contradicted, somebody has to yeah. somebody take responsibility for that. They cannot go and continue to work. But they shouldn't even ask. I mean, like that, that, that should have been obvious. Yeah, exactly. That should be obvious, and and that would seem to be an easy concession to yeah. make. The Guardian reports that several clubs in Asia are unhappy with the Asian Football Confederation Gab and are considering a lawsuit against the organizer of the Asian Champions League. Why? Well, <laughs> so. Remember those rules against uh, uh, multi-club ownership, yeah. which still exist in UEFA, yeah. although Alexander Sheffern said, ah, well, we'll see about uh, we'll this, see. right? Yeah. So, you know, PIF own four clubs. Three of them are in the Champions League. Uh, right. They own 75% of them. They still have them in Asia. And uh, now, in the past, the way these rules are written is, is if the possibility of these clubs playing each other is, quote-unquote, remote, as is the case, for example, um, City Football Group owned both Melbourne City and Mumbai City, but because the Asian football, um, the Asian Champions League is, is regionalized in, in the group stages, yeah, yeah. they're not going to play each other until far later in the competition. But that's not the case. Obviously, the three PIF clubs who are in the Asian Champions League, they're all in the same region. Um, they could play each other in the round of 16. Yeah. So... Um, they're saying, why aren't you? That should be interesting. Why aren't you enforcing your own rules if these clubs have the same ownership structure? I don't know how they get out yeah, of this, but there's a lot of unhappiness. A lot of countries, especially in East Asia, especially Korea, Japan, stuff yeah. like that, they kind of feel that Saudi are exerting undue influence over the confederation. So that's one to watch. That's interesting. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Benjamin Mendy makes his debut for Lorient, who hold league leaders Monaco to a 2-2 draw at home as your man Balogun scores. Yeah. Jules, what was the reaction there? 
So he came on for the last 20 minutes, I mean, 70th minute, so he played half an hour because they had a, a long added time again. He set up the second, well, was part of the setup in the, the second goal when, when Lorient scored in the 98th minute to make it 2 2. There was, it felt like a, f- a few boos, but not many at all. Most of it, it was a standing ovation when he came on. The people at the club really like him. They said he's been great, super committed, super nice to work with. The fans, or most of the fans, clearly were happy with him starting 723 days since his last game of football with City against Spurs at the uh, Tottenham Stadium at this, so at the start of the 2021 season in August. I, I'm, I'm all for second chances. I did feel a little bit watching him come on and the ovation, all of that, watching on television, I was a little bit uneasy with. And to be fair, just to have this on the record, because we specify with Mason Greenwood, his case is different in the yeah, sense that different. he was found not guilty, yeah, I mean, exactly. if I'm correct, right? Yeah, exactly. Gam, you know I'm a masochist, so let's go back to Nice win over PSG on Friday, and the Nice coach, Francesco Farioli, who we mentioned briefly in the other answer, who never played professional football, he's just 34 years old, and he's, a, he's an, even the youngest coach in Liga, doing a great job there. No, the youngest coach in Ligue 1 is Will Still, of, of course, course, who's ginger and, and 11 years old. Uh, no, he's not. He's 30. No, Fadiali is a great story because, like, still, I'm wondering if you're seeing a different generation of managers coming through. This guy, Fadiali, right, I'm assuming must have been really, really bad at playing football. Um, but he went to university instead. He got a degree in, in, in philosophy and sports science. There you go youngsters out there interdisciplinary exactly that's all it works all about it works you know he started coaching these random local teams i think he might have been a goalkeeping coach at some point and then his reputation spreads and this guy works hard and 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 he takes crap crummy jobs and he goes and he becomes roberto de zerbi's goalkeeping coach when zerbi's a no-name then he goes off he went he, he had coaching gigs in in turkey where he was an assistant and they liked him always at small teams and now Nice took the plunge on him, yeah. and it's a progressive, different choice. I'm not saying he's going to work out. I'm not saying Will Still's going to work out. I'm not saying Nagelsmann's going to no, work out true. more than he does. Yeah, yeah. But I think what we're seeing is people are looking beyond what were you like as a player, yeah. you know, looking beyond the big name. Yeah. And so far, so good. You're right. Oh, look, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, maybe when he buys Manchester United, will he replace Eric Ten Hag? Maybe. Yeah. My uh, 34-year-old has never played football. Yeah. <laughs> That'll go over well. Yeah. Brest isn't just a body part, Aww. Jules. They're second in Ligue 1 after beating Stad Rams and your boy Will Still. It's the second Will Still reference of the show. I know, I It's too it. many. I love it. Brest, well done to Eric Roy. Remember Eric Roy, the uh, Sunderland legend and former Watford sporty director, uh, doing a great job there. I, you know, we talked about Farioli and you talk about Will Steele. And, but Eric Roy, for a long time, was just a TV pundit in France really good one working uh, with us on the coverage of the Premier League in France waiting for a good opportunity but it seemed that people had forgotten about him and I guess maybe when you go back to punditry after because he was also your coach before the breast he applied for the breast job they gave it to him he was really good at the end of last season kept them up and with pretty much the same squads or certainly the same 11, because the, the 11 that beat Reims is the same one that was there last season. He's doing an amazing job. They play with intensity. They're good now. They've got confidence. And they, they've been one of the surprises of the season. So this would be as if Mika Richards or Taylor Twellman went and got a top-flight coaching gig. Yeah, something like that. A little bit. Something like that. Everton majority shareholder Farad Moshiri has agreed to sell his 94.1% stake in the club, to 777 partners who own a bunch of teams around Europe, as we mentioned in the last show, arguably their biggest one is Erta Berlin and their fans aren't too happy, right, in the Bundesliga too? Uh, that's right. Well, they're not too happy because they're close to being relegated out of the uh, second Bundesliga, uh, the, the German second flight. and. Effectively, I mean, the out. season has just started, so they're not, not going to get ready. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and, and they won. They beat Eintracht Braunschweig, but remember, before this, they were firmly in the bottom three. Yeah. A lot of people don't like these guys. A lot of people, the clubs have taken over. Standard Liège, same situation. At Genoa, they like them because they were promoted. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of times the results come right. We've touched upon this before. I don't think it's clear to me at all that 777 partners, that their sale will be approved by the Premier League. Um, I think you're going to see more investigations into this, into aspects of the, of the liquidity and so on. Um, if you remember, they nearly... They, 
well, they still, I think they still owned a chunk of Sevilla and they were going to take over Sevilla. That fell apart. Um, it's not a good sign when two no. of the clubs where they are, already the fans are openly protesting against the owners and they haven't been there that long. Yeah. Equally, if you're an Everton fan, you know, you just want rid of Moshiri and and the man behind him who's funding him, assuming such a man exists. Yeah, we assuming won't say such his a man name, sanction. But, you know, but you know, maybe a he used to be an Arsenal shareholder. Maybe, yeah. who knows? Uh, sorry, that just bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, uh, so yeah, like I, I, I hope if ever I hope I just hope for the sake of Everton fans if 777 buy the club I hope they turn out to be really really good owners they deserve they deserve yeah, good yeah, owners yeah, and, I agree. and I hope your man goes away if 777 take over yeah, I suspect surely. he won't because he's always there after the 2-1 defeat at Spurs Sheffield United goalkeeper Wes Fodringham took to social media to write and I quote I don't mind opposition fans calling me every name under the sun but be easy with the racism and family threats. Think before you type. Jules, this doesn't merit much comment, does it? No, I mean, we're still here so many times regularly on the show. We have those um, those issues to talk about where players get abused for their skin colours or whatever on social media, terrible abuse. I mean, Spurs have won. Somehow they won that game. Leave the guy alone. Come on, why would you abuse him? I mean, abusing someone... Uh, in real life on social media is unacceptable no. and terrible anyway. But like, I don't... I, it's beyond me. against his family and whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, why? Who does that kind of stuff? Both Sheffield United and Spurs have issued statements saying that they're yeah. taking these... They're investigating, they're taking this further. Gab, I find it incredibly sad, especially after this, this past quick hit, but that we need to talk footballers and sexual assault for the third time already in this show. But tell me about Genoa midfielder Manolo Portanova, who is on loan at Reggiana in Serie B this season. Yes, this is in the news because he scored um, at the weekend. Uh, so Portanova, a few years ago, um, or he, he was sentenced to he, he was sentenced in November, December to six years for uh, for gang rape, for rape that occurred uh, a few years earlier when he was eighteen or nineteen years old. Um, sentenced along with with his uncle. Weird. And by the way, it's not. His uncle, I think, is roughly his his, his age, uh, and as we found out in in, in what happened uh, afterwards, the uh, the victim said, you know, she agreed to consensual sex with uh, with Portanova, but not with all these other people, and hence why it's yeah. it's a gang rape. He is appealing um, the decision, and under Italian law, if you've been granted the right to an appeal and you're appealing the decision, you're not technically guilty. Mm. Now. This explains why Portanova is not in prison. Uh, it has not explained why, and Regina, and then it also explains why Genoa can't just cancel his contract. Yeah. Because technically he's innocent. It does not explain why Regina in Serie B would want to go and engage him and hire him. And in fact, there's been big protests from, uh, it really split the fan base into the ultras who like being negative about everything. They're totally with Portanova even though they don't know the guy at all has been there yeah. months. And obviously, the mainstream fans, a lot of the women's groups, um, completely against it. So every game, he basically gets booed by half his fans, and it only makes the ultras like him even more. It's a really, really ugly situation. Yeah, it's it's an unnecessary situation, I think, most importantly. Eagle-eyed viewers have noticed that with Julian Draxler moving to yeah. Al-Akhli, that's the Qatari Al-Akhli, yeah. and Abdou Diallo and Marco Verratti switching to Al-Arabi, Paris Saint-Germain have sold three unwanted, highly paid players for more than 80 million euros to yeah. the mothership. Uh, Jules, I don't want to be overly cynical here, but no. I suspect some will see this as a convenient financial fair play move. Really? Like... I don't see it that way. I see that the Qatari League wants to get better, so they want better play, like in Saudi. Uh -huh. Did you moan about Alanta Maximan going to Saudi? Did you did you mention this FFP thing that like it was conflict of interest yeah. or whatever? So no, we didn't. They paid so, fifty million for him. So Newcastle aren't quite. I uh, don't quite have the track record. Uh, that Paris Saint-Germain have. But Newcastle are not under... Newcastle weren't fined for violating financial fair no, play this PIF, past summer. And by the Newcastle way, sold Alan Samaximan to one of the other clubs. Right. Did they sell him for a market fee? Yes, well, yeah, they did. Yeah, so Marco yeah. Verratti transfer yeah. market is mm -hmm. 40 million. Okay, no, enough with this transfer market nonsense, please. This is not... Transfer market is not accurate. 
No sane person would pay $50 million, which is why Marco Verratti, by the way, didn't want to go to Qatar because he pitched himself all over Europe and nobody would take him. And I suspect it's the same thing with Julian Draxler. The guy was alone at Benfica, right? Last Julian season. Draxler is like 15 million, one five, 15 million. He's 29 years old. He's 29 years old with a big contract. Yeah, yeah, but 15 this million. This is why nobody will take him. I know, but this is the same thing with Diallo. Like, none of these people. Diallo was a Leipzig last season. 15 million for him is decent. I don't know. I think. It's going to be really, really important that when they go out there, this is called a related party transaction. And I think Paris Saint-Germain will, will somehow, they'll probably cite transfer mark like you did. No, and but be like, just oh, look, like, this is a fair amount. It's not the same owners. Sorry. It's not the same owners. So, excuse me, who owns Paris Saint-Germain? QSI. Right. They, just, don't, they don't own who, who owns Al-Arabi. QSI? Who owns QSI? I know, but they don't. Who owns they're QSI? Not, it's not like PIF. They're not direct... Come on, man. Exactly. Come on. Let's, 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 it's true. Well, it's true. Right. Yeah, totally separate entity. The Asian Champions League kicks off this week and all eyes on Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nasser traveling to Iran to take on Persepolis. Why, Gab? Well, several reasons. First of all, because Persepolis, are, we talked about derbies. Yes. Persepolis against Estiglal is, of course, one of, one of the, the great world derbies. Yeah. Uh, and what happens? Cristiano Ronaldo's going there. Uh, it's a big deal also because, of course, Saudi Arabia, for political reasons, they, they ban these guys from coming. It's, but it's a big deal because Cristiano Iran, and by the way, we've had the one-year anniversary of Mashamini. Nobody's talking anymore about Iran, but the situation is just as dire there. Just that we in the Western media have gotten bored with it. We've moved on to talk about other things. Um, What I find fun about the story is that President of Persepolis, Reza Darvish, uh, he came out. You know, the the internet is tightly, tightly controlled, and you basically don't have free internet access in, uh, in, in Iran right now. He said, oh, well, since Cristiano Ronaldo's coming, I've spoken to Iran Cell, which I guess is the Iranian um, uh, cell phone provider, and we're going to get him a special SIM card so that he can access the internet while he's here. <laughs> and I'm wondering, what? what so, you, so Cristiano can post on Instagram? Like, I, I, I think it just shows you whatever political convictions you have, whatever your stance is. Hey, Cristiano's in town, celebrities in town. Let's change everything. Let's change everything. Like, and, and by the way, Cristiano, I'm not having a go at Cristiano, not his fault. It would be exactly the same thing if, yeah. if, if it were Lionel Messi or LeBron James true, or, true. or Davide Fratesi. Yeah, exactly. But let's hope that Cristiano takes a freaky could be better than the one he did at the, uh, at the weekend that hit the cameraman. All right, stop. It's not nice for the camera. You have to get that dig in. (laughs) Jules, we're going to come back on Thursday. We have to come back because it's the Champions. That's right, the Champions League is back. Join us on Thursday. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.